0: Sunday, we're going to talk about a man who was never married and never had kids. Uh, So, but the, uh, the most significant word that accompanied Paul, and when I think about Paul and what he fought for, is the word grace. And when I think about moms... I think about the word grace as well. We can no more earn our salvation with God than we can earn our mother's love. And so with Paul and his message and ministry of, of grace, which is undeserved favor of God, we have received that from our moms. Hopefully each of us has because that's, that's the role and that's the place our moms have had in our lives. When we think about that, we also think that moms do a lot for us in terms of bringing us together and focusing on the family and our relationships and they demonstrate and model unconditional love to us and that's what God has for us as well. So when we think about Paul and we think about the word grace, I do want to share that much in regard to uh, our relationship with our moms and the correlation we have to that. Before we get into this uh, grand finale of Paul's life, I'd like for us to pray together. Father, at this moment we pause and we ask your Holy Spirit to open our minds and open our hearts to this message today and to this man who gave so much that others might live. We thank you, Lord, for this message of grace that comes to each and every one of us as a result of your son, Jesus Christ, and his sacrifice on the cross and his resurrection from the dead, that we might join together as one in you. In your name we pray. Amen. Paul was one of the most remarkable people who ever lived. He never walked a red carpet. He never had a lot of accolades in the world around him. In fact, at the time that he was in Rome, Nero was in charge. And Nero was... Was a nutcase of a Caesar. So, when we think about real influence and what happens over time in a person's life, who are the real heroes? We look at Nero, who eventually committed suicide, had a wreck of a life. He's never had anybody or anything that I know of named after him. But think of all the cathedrals and the people that have been named. Paul, as an example. This is his final journey that we are talking about today. He has had three missionary journeys. He started 10 churches all over that part of the Roman world, traveled extensively with one message throughout the whole time that he went with boldness, without apology, and with great sacrifice That Jesus Christ was the son of God, the Messiah. And that all who placed their faith and trust in him would be saved and come to salvation in him. And that they would know God and they would have peace. Peace in their hearts. Peace with one another. Because peace is one at the cross. Where you have peace is at the cross. Everybody, all of us, every one of us who come to the cross must all bow our knee. And acknowledge our sinfulness before God. And that's the place where we all meet. That's where the place where all of us who are gathered here today can become one is when we all gather together as one at this cross where we bend our knees and we give thanks to God and for what Jesus did for us on that cross. That was the message of Paul. Whether you were a Jew or a Gentile, no matter your, your race, your background, your ethnicity, your language, In fact, Paul became all things to all people that he could by all means save some. He knew he would not win them all. He knew Aramaic, he knew Greek, uh, he knew Hebrew. I don't know how many languages this man knew. He was brilliant, brilliant. But he was also incredibly tough. He used examples in his letters of athletes who train and sacrifice and work hard to reach that prize that awaited them at the end of the race. And he used those illustrations in those many times those those explanations. He also talked about being a soldier. And he just, the best way he could describe what it was to be who he was and to be a, a, a sold-out, dedicated, completely, all in person for Jesus was an athlete training for a significant race or a soldier and the sacrifices that went along with that. And he modeled that for others. And everywhere he went, he built a group of people. And so he had a sense that God, the Holy Spirit, he says, compelled by the Holy Spirit, Paul was going to go to Jerusalem. And he knew that if he went to Jerusalem, he was to take this very same message that he'd been speaking over all these years to all these places, right into the heart of Jerusalem, knowing, That more than likely, trouble awaited him. In fact, one of the prophets who knew him and was a friend of him tried to get him not to go. In fact, he put himself in shackles in front of Paul and he said, don't go. You'll be arrested there. It'll be the worst thing in the world. But Paul went. He was courageous. He was strong. He was brave. He was bold. And when he met for the last time with some of the elders of his churches on a, on a beach as he was on his way to Jerusalem, knowing that would be likely the very last time they would see each other, they cried and they hugged each other. And here is Paul now, having been through beatings, stonings, whippings. Imagine the scars that he carried on his body now. From when he first started on his road to Damascus. When he went to persecute and kill Christians. Just imagine what Paul looked at now. At the end of his journey. Bearing on his body the very marks of the sacrifices that he made. So that people could know about Jesus. He was beat to a pulp. Beat to within an inch of his life. And I can't imagine what it was like now than to meet with this man who no telling what his body, what kind of shape he was in. Beaten, broken, who knows what. But his spirit was thriving. He was as alive right now as he had ever been in his ministry for Jesus. As passionate, as determined, as sacrificial in every way. He just grew in strength even though he suffered great persecution. I wonder if any of us here today would ever have that kind of resolve. That kind of perseverance in the face of such opposition and and such punishment and cruelty in our lives. He did that. He did it. So on to Jerusalem he went. He went to Jerusalem, and as you saw in that video, he told his testimony of how he came to Jesus Christ, who Jesus was. Everybody rose up against him again, knowing that there would be such opposition, and yet he knew he had to get there, right to the heart of Judaism and speak these words. So they arrested him. They protected him. The Roman soldiers actually learned he was a Roman citizen because he was born one where he came from. And now he was going to have to make a journey going back up to Rome. And then involved a, a trip on a boat. And one of the greatest stories we have in the book of Acts is the story of Paul's shipwreck and the fact that they hit a great storm and and all these 200 plus people were on this ship and and this great storm was taking place and and the boat was going to be torn apart and God came to Paul and gave him a message and said, tell these people that they will be all right. But there are some things they need to do. They need to listen to, to you. And so he did that, and they were all saved, and they landed on an island in Malta, south of Italy there, and they wintered there, and Paul performed miracles again, and shared his faith, and gave all this. He ended up in Rome. He was under house arrest in Rome. He continued to preach. Paul didn't, ma- didn't care to him where he was. Didn't matter whether he was in a synagogue, on the side of a river, in a prison, in front of officials and kings. It did not matter where he was. He continued to share the message of Jesus Christ, believing that God was with him, and no matter who he spoke to or where he was. He wasn't taken up with, with all this. He said, no matter what condition I have found myself in life, whether I have a lot or whether I have a little, I am content. wasn't about that. It didn't matter. Every person was valuable to Paul, no matter who he was, he was talking to, whether a, a king or a prison guard. Amazing person. And after all that he went through, everything that he'd gone through, how did he sum it all up in his own life? He was as positive and as hopeful and as generous with grace and his message as you could imagine. How could someone who had gone through all of that still at the end of the day, still have such a positive, powerful approach to his life. That's what captured people's attention about him. That doesn't add up for him, looking at him, realizing all that he'd been through. We're going to bring up a couple of scriptures out of Ephesians. He wrote this letter of Ephesians to Ephesus, but it was meant to be circulated from Rome where he was imprisoned. And you get a kind of an idea of what Paul's attitude was as a prisoner and how he continued to give encouragement to other people. The most powerful and positive person you could ever meet who persevered through all things. This is his encouragement to them. So let's, let's bring up Ephesians 3 and start with, uh, with 14. And we're going to read this together. His prayer for them, his concern, his heart. and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Let's go look at verse 20 one more time. And let's think about our prayers and how we think about things and the things that we ask for. Oftentimes, our prayers are focused towards our own comfort and our our own personal needs, Paul could have prayed. In fact, he did pray for God to remove this thorn. He had, I don't know what the thorn was, something that really bugged him. It wasn't physical. It might have been spiritual. We don't know. He said three times, I prayed for God to remove it, and he didn't. That was the one unanswered prayer that we know of that Paul had in his life. But in all that he went through, how does he see God? Does he see God as someone who's let him down for all of the, things he's been through? Does he see God as someone who didn't come to his aid when he needed him? In fact, during this storm, God appeared to him and he said, take courage, I'm here. That was enough for him, no matter what he was going through and what he had, and you know what? No matter what you're going through, and no matter what's going on in your life, take courage, God is with you. With him, you don't need anybody else or anything else. Now, here it is. To him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. He believed in an immeasurable power of God to do amazing things. It wasn't dampened or colored by what he was going through. It wasn't wasn't shaded or darkened at all. He still saw God as God, even more than he'd ever seen him before. And then the next verse, 21. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever, amen. At the end of the day, this is the message and this is what Paul is left with. The goodness and the greatness of God. And he's encouraging them to embrace that same faith in their lives. This is how he knows that they will be blessed. Let's go on in Ephesians 4. He writes on this, Ephesians 4. As a a prisoner for the Lord, again he says it then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. This is one body and one Spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. That's what he is sharing with them as he comes to the end of his journey and knowing that his time is now running to a close. He's praying for them. He's encouraging them. He's loving on them in all that he has done. Um, <clears throat> you are living epistles for, for the Lord. You are messengers, you are ambassadors, you are heralds of the gospel of Christ. When you condense Paul's ministry into that one chapter 30 in the book that we are going through in the story, you realize how Bold he was, and how strong he was, and committed he was to his mission, to his task, to his message. And it convicted me. It made me realize that I could be a more Bold witness for Christ than I am. More unapologetic and less afraid of sharing my faith with other people. And I realize that if I felt that way, you guys probably feel that way too. And I'm wondering, how are they going to hear unless we share that message? Because it's a wonderful message. We are, asking, we are bringing the message of salvation to people. It's a beautiful message. It's good news. It's salvation. It's a great thing. It's not like we're asking them to drink castor oil or anything. To some it may feel like that. If they don't want to swallow it. That's Okay. They don't have to, but it's good because even it says in the Bible, taste and see that the Lord is good. Beautiful. Just taste. You ever had anybody say, just give it a taste? So, you know, it's time to consider all of that for all of us. This was uh, also interesting for me because you know this I've, I've got uh, I've got two more Sundays in May and then the last Sunday of June that I'll be able to stand here and be with you. Now I might have a chance to come and preach as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> so it's um, it's been real tender for me. Thinking about that. And um, it's, I, I'm grateful that when I think about about ministry and one sense, 40 years of ministry and 17 years here, I looked it up. You know, I said, the, 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 there was one other person, he went 15 here. So I kind of feel like I've, I've done pretty good, you know. One went 14, one went 15, so coming up on 17, that's not all bad, you know. I figure oh, out of 100 years, 1918, uh, that's all right, you know. And it also tells me it's really time for me to be done. But <laughs> I'm as much in love with the church today, in fact, more so. Than when I started. And as, uh, as much in love with Jesus. Today. As when I started. If not more so. And I consider that a good thing. And I. I thank you for contributing to that. But I also think that when I look at this. And I think you also look at your lives, And all of us have been roughed up a bit. I don't carry physical scars on me from my walk in faith, although I did get hit by a bus once in Taiwan. (laughs) Um, its We all have been through, we've all been roughed up a little bit in life. We all carry a little bit of scarring, whether it's inside or outside on our physical bodies. We all have. But you are a soldier. You are an athlete. You are resilient. You are a fighter because you've got God on your side. And no matter what you've been through or what lies ahead, You persevere in faith. You don't give up. And I'm going to be praying for you, just like Paul was praying for them, that they would continue on in great resolve and strength, and that they would be passionate about their faith, passionate about a God who was more passionate about us than you could ever imagine passion, who sacrificed his own son for us. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for Paul. What a man. What a servant. What a witness. What a warrior. And the example that he is to us and what he went through and what he sacrificed so that the good news message of Jesus Christ could be brought forth and declared given out, so that people could be set free of any bondages that they lived in, the bondage of sin and death, and giving them the hope and promise of new life. Thank you for this church. With all our bumps and bruises, our own scars and journey that we've been on, And sometimes we look terribly ordinary. But with your presence in us, we are extraordinary. That's true as individuals and that is true corporately as a body. Thank you for moms. Thank you for the scars that they bear on their bodies that they have sacrificed for their children. That they might be nourished and encouraged and enriched in wonderful ways. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, <clears throat> we might have all these things about us that are so different, but all I can say is look what happens when we open our mouths and sing together. And uh, our song today that we're going to close with is kind of a, it's really an old classic campfire Christian song. It only takes a spark to get a fire going. Let's stand up and sing. Got time for a quick circle today, so let's form our square circle that we have here. Our squircle, our squircle. <laughs> That's good. Oh my gosh, this is so great. What happened to you? <laughs> oh. <Uh-oh. laughs> I didn't get a chance to do this last week, but Cody and Tammy are here with their newborn son, Elijah. So, Cody and Tammy Dice are here. Yay, yay. Tammy's over with the middle schoolers. That's good. We have some other new babies in here, too. Let's just hold them up so we can see them today. Can we? Well, maybe not. Some of them are probably sleeping. We don't want to wake them up. Anyway, congratulations to all the newest moms. Uh, Joys or concerns today? Yes. Yes, that's good. I like that. Yes, that's a whole sermon in itself, that whole storm scenario, isn't it? It is. It is. And we've all had those. Yes. Okay, that's good. Yeah, thanks. That's right. And their updates are posted on the bulletin board out in the narthex. So anytime there's an update, they go out in the e-news, but also they're posted outside in the the entryway. Yeah, Gerald. Oh, well, (laughs) we'll have a chance to have more of that. Thank you. It's, you know, the blessing has been all mine, really and truly it has. Thank you so much for that. Yeah.
1: Oh, wow. And she was appropriately born on Christmas Day because she was a gift to God to us. Hmm. And she was a great example, and she always asked me, or she, she would say, well, Why do you think God is keeping me alive? And I, and I thought and, and say that she was an example to all people, and I think God wanted to keep her as long as he could, because she was a, a, an example to me and to everyone of how to live a good Christian life. And this morning at 5 mm. appropriately on Mother's Day, because she was a wonderful mother, she passed on and went to God.
0: And I just want to celebrate her. Life. Oh, thanks, she Jim. She
1: was appropriately named Grace.
0: Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> That's pretty pretty touching. Thanks for sharing that. That's awesome. That's so great. Yeah. Uh go. I'm really appreciative of team and That means all of us, you know that, right? Yeah, this whole group. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we had a chance to share that. It's so great. Yes, back in the back, Christy. All right. Chelsea and Zachary Meyer are here with Greg and Christy today. That's so awesome. All right. Sing hallelujah to the Lord. bless you guys. Have a good day today.